who, all right. I don't know how to phrase this. Who do you care about so much you would drive all the way to Orlando? Oh, no, I'm flying. Okay. Who do you care about so much that you would go to Florida? Uh, my buddy, JT. Um, okay. And I actually like Orlando. I know you and Austin shit on Florida. but I like Disney. Uh, yeah. I like Epcot. Downtown Orlando is awesome, dude. I've been. They had that. They had a nice little dessert thing that was overpriced that I paid for one time <laughs> that I went down there. Uh, gained yep. some weight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. And it's because of Florida. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a. I have a friend down there. Her name is Shannon. Shout out to Shannon. Um, well, actually, she I don't know if this will be in here. No, I doubt it, and I also don't even know if it's going to be in the episode in the show. So. I don't know why the fuck I just said that, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) now it has to be now it has to be. Yeah. Uh, but no, she, uh, she lives down in, or like right outside of Orlando. It's, uh, Poughkeepsie. No. Oh yeah. No, that sounds right. No, Poughkeepsie is in New York. Oh, I thought you meant like a place that's real. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely a place. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if it was in Florida or not, but I knew it existed. Uh, it has a similar name to Poughkeepsie, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Ah, oh, fuck. It's no. not Kissimmee. Cause no, Kissimmee I was is technically. Pensacola. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. It's Florida. Um. Anyway, uh, and we, me and Kayla went down there and stayed with her and her fiance. Well, actually, I don't think they were ever actually married or engaged. I don't know. Shannon's got a long line of girlfriends. That's fucking right. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> and, uh, one day she took us down to like downtown Orlando. Um, just so we could like go see like what the actual city was like and everything. We walked around for a while. We saw, um, we saw Halloween 2018 down there. Oh, okay. Um, in a theater. And then, we did some sort of like, <coughs> God, I'm dying. Some sort of like lake thing where we like rode on a lake in a swan. <laughs> That's absolutely magical. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like we did a bunch of stuff, man. I like, I like the hell out of Orlando. Um, but anyway, I like, yeah. uh, trees. Trees are good. Trees are yep. good. They exist outside of the city, which is where I prefer them. Yes, I agree. I do not like the city, but smaller cities I'm okay with. Like Orlando, Orlando is not. In comparison to like Atlanta or Miami or Chicago. Much, Isn't much Orlando smaller. bigger than Atlanta? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it may be in total like like land size, but it is definitely not in like actual city size. The city of Orlando is tiny. That is also true. I think I'm thinking of like just the expanse that Orlando covers. Yeah. Cause Which the, then Metro fucking Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, all that shit. There's uh, it goes everywhere. It's ridiculous. Fuck Metro Atlanta. Fuck Atlanta. Fuck AT&T. <laughs> <laughs>
welcome. Did you like that? Hang on. I got. No. I got to stop. Yeah. You got to do it again. You weren't. No. 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 We don't have to do it again. I'm just saying, you weren't expecting it. No, I wasn't expecting it. It was. It was nice. I like how you jumped into it. To yeah. me, that felt like. Like I know this is gonna sound so stupid, but like a live listening to the podcast, like it was just the perfect transition. Like I don't know, I was yeah. I just appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, you uh, listeners are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. We are down a man. But we do have a really great topic. We're down we're a boy. We're yeah, that's we're like down half a man. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is gonna be the one that he tunes into. You're right. He's like, huh? I wonder what the boys did without me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got a really great topic that we're really excited to discuss for you today. Uh, I am going to talk to you about a whole bunch of horror things that I've been consuming recently. And Dylan is going to be talking more about persona and as he is wont to do fishing, all of that and more. I am of course your host, the one and only bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined as almost always by one of my two co-hosts, Dylan Media Media, where for art thou media, Martin. How's it going today? Stop laughing. I fucking hate you for that. That's not even. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't even get a chance to read that before. <laughs> Jesus. It, it made me chuckle while I was writing it. So I was like, it's staying in. <sighs> Fine. No, I'm ha- I was, was having a great day um, that took it down to a good day. Oh, oh my. It doesn't take much, really. Yeah, I mean... But we're doing this early, so that makes it better again. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, we are recording this almost two hours earlier than we normally would. Yes. Which is fantastic for me. Same. It's going to open up my night. I love this. Austin should stay away more often. Yeah. Fuck you, Austin. We don't (laughs) like you. You're fired, buddy. Oh, shit. That'd be one hell of a way to find out. Maybe you should. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I won't do that now, but what I will do now is I will talk about Malignant. (laughs) I respect that. Uh, Yeah. So Malignant is the new horror movie from James Wan that uh, came out, what, two weeks ago? Almost, yeah, almost exactly two weeks ago. Uh, came out September 10th. Um, so, yeah, this was James Wan's return to horror. Uh, he had taken a little bit of a break with doing, I think he did Fast 7. I could have that wrong. Uh, but he did Fast and Furious 7, and then he did uh, Aquaman. And then he came back with this little gem. Um, and I don't know why I just called it a gem, because I really don't know what to think of this movie. Uh, so when Kayla and I were watching it, um, I was kind of sitting there thinking to myself, uh, I don't like this very much. I don't think this is very good. Um, and the more that I've thought about it and the more that I've kind of like looked into like interviews with what James Wan was saying about it beforehand and like, uh, you know, stuff like that. 
I have come to like it more, but it's still not. I don't know that I would call it good. I would call it maybe mediocre somewhere in that range or, or fine that I've liked using the word fine a lot. Uh, but basically the, the plot to this movie is, uh, as you can see in the trailers is this woman, uh, is, you know, going about her life and then suddenly she starts having these, uh, sort of like visions where she sees someone, uh, being murdered and she feels like she is in the room with them when it's happening, even though she is really like at home or what have you. Um, and then it basically becomes like a murder mystery sort of thing. And one of the things that I really liked about this, uh, or like about it now is that it is very much a inspired by Giallo films. So like the stuff from Dario Argento or Lucio Fulci or, um, Lamberto Bava, uh, or even Mario Bava. Um, and, like I could get that from the way that the movie is filmed. But now, like when I think about like how the plot revolves around and how it's kind of a, like almost like a whodunit sort of situation. Um, though those things come out a lot more for me and I like it for that reason. Uh, but <sighs> okay, hang on. Let me, let me also talk about the good things. All right. So, uh, another good thing. It has a really cool use of something that I've never even heard about before. Um, or, or maybe not a good use. It has something cool in it that I think is actually underutilized. Um, did you know that there is like an old, uh, Seattle underneath the current Seattle? Uh, what? Yeah. So, uh, apparently in, um, God, it was the 18, like fifties or, or some shit like that. Um, <clears throat> Oh, 1889. There was the great fire of Seattle that basically burned everything down. Um, or at least a, a bunch of stuff down. And, uh, so they built the current Seattle on top of that old one about two stories higher than where that old one ended up being. And you can go on tours in Seattle, uh, and, and see this shit underneath like the streets and shit. That's fucking gnarly, dude. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I had no idea either. Like this is something that I learned about watching this movie, which I was fucking cool. I learned something. Um, I don't think that it is necessarily utilized uh, properly. Like it comes in for a very hot minute and then isn't really kind of like used again for the rest of the movie, which is unfortunate. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I learned about it and I thought that was cool. Um, I really like the way the movie uses color in certain instances like there are pops of like these bright blues and bright reds like like neon almost and i think that that stuff is really cool um and the twist for this movie is so fucking absurd that it kind of works for me 
like it's the dumbest fucking thing. It is so dumb that it's actually kind of good for me. Like I, I kind of love it because of that. Um, and uh, there are really cool, really slick style stylized sequences throughout this movie. Like uh, there's one shot where you are following the main character around her house, but it's like a top down view. And like, so it follows her around and you see like walls come into, into, into the picture and stuff like that. And it's just, it's really fun. Um, But where the movie really suffers is kind of everywhere else. I think the movie is kind of fucking ugly. Uh, to be honest with you, there is so much, so much fucking smoke in this movie. It's not even funny. Like you can look at old horror movies, like especially the ones in the forties and you see like the fog and shit like that. And it's very like atmospheric, but like this one does the same thing, but like over does it. And the acting in this is overdone. It's really bad. Everyone is overacting so much. It is ridiculous. Um, oh, actually, hang on. Before I uh, before I go into the next thing, there actually is one sequence near the end of the movie that is also fucking awesome, uh, and it takes place... It, it's kind of a... I don't want to say a fight sequence because I feel like that would be too broad of a way to describe it. But like there is a sequence near the end of the movie that's fucking wild. And I loved every second of it. Um, But getting back to the stuff that I don't like, the writing is fucking awful. Like it's real bad. There are bits of dialogue in here that just are like, huh? Okay. What? Like, is this supposed to be how humans speak or like there'll be bits that like come and then you would expect something to come of it in like a story sense. And then it never does. It just kind of disappears. Um, there are parts of the movie, like there are plot holes out the fucking ass in this movie. It's kind of fucking ridiculous. Um, but I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it, uh, especially after I started like looking into it more after the fact. Um, it's all over the place in terms of like theme. Like I really, <laughs> I really feel like this movie is caught between a horror movie and a comedy. Uh, because it's outrageously funny. I don't know. Um, I think it's worth a watch on HBO Max. Uh, I don't know that I would spend money on this in a theater. But I had a lot of fun with it. So I kept seeing it, and it looked intriguing. But now, I swear to God, it's like, you saved me so much time by not not necessarily telling me to not watch movies, but I know I shouldn't be necessarily in a hurry to see this one. Yeah, that yeah, that is definitely the correct way to put it. Well, that I'm glad you had a 50-50 time. <laughs> <laughs>
because yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I had a great time today, though. Um, oh yeah, you, you went fishing today. I did, um, and like an impromptu trip too, because I didn't know it. Um, I essentially had to go get some car shit done this morning at eight. It only took a little bit. Um, worked on it for about thirty-five minutes, I guess. And I was on the way home, and I was passing Lake Lanier, and I was about to get to this uh, little park that's right there. And I was kind of looking out over the bridge as I was driving across it. And I was like, I don't have to be fucking anywhere today. That never happens. I was alone. I didn't have Sabrina. I didn't have the dogs. I always have my fishing gear in the back of the car. Like it's always there. I was like, I'm going to go fishing. And I don't know what happened because from the time that I closed, no, from the time that I woke up, I was fucking hungry. Like I busted ass in the gym yesterday and my body just never, I guess, got what it needed because I woke up and I, my stomach was growling and I felt awful. So I knew I was going to get the car shit done. And, and as soon as I got the car shit done, I was like, all right, I'm going to go make some eggs just something, something to eat. And then at some point I saw the water and was like, fishing is a better idea. So from nine o'clock to one o'clock, I just fished. I fished two different places entirely. Like I, I left the first place. I didn't really catch anything. I wasn't vibing with it. And then I went to another place just right down the road for me. And I started off slow and it was, you know, it was kind of fun. And then the rain came on. I was like, shit, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave. So I just fucking stuck it out, dude. And it was, it's, I'm not going to say it's a good idea to fish in the rain, you know, do that at your own discretion, but it's kind of a good idea to fish in the rain. They bite. Um, And sure enough, like the, it was the downpour kind of let up. It was still a nice, um, you know, a nice steady, drizzle i guess you could say and it was you know the the top of the water was nothing but raindrops and then i felt it and i i hooked up and i got a fish today and i was super happy it's my first one in a cup just a, i think a couple of months man because i've not been able to truly go fishing i went a couple of weeks ago but it was just like not hours dedicated to it. it's like it was just on the way so we stopped for like 30 minutes um but yeah this is the first time that i i spent a good bit out on the water and it paid off and Got a cool picture, caught a new fish, uh, Lance Bass, and that's that was my day, dude. It was good. I I never get days like that. Go ahead. Did you did you just say Lance Bass? Uh, I named it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just go ahead and go right past that. Uh, I'm glad that your day was good, man. Thank you. I uh, <laughs> it was definitely something that I needed after this past week. It's been an awful week, and that was a nice way to uh rest i guess you could say it's a peaceful on the mind and it's not really mindless but i i spent four hours out there and it only felt like an hour so had a good Mm. time man yeah dude that's awesome i fucking i don't really fish um and i know that i've given you shit about it before but uh it, it it can be very very soothing it is it's cathartic like i i need it it's something i enjoy doing and just connecting with nature and it's it's a whole process of understanding too and working out problems and solutions of when they're not biting when they are how they're biting stuff like that it's it's a whole aspect that goes into it and i don't know man it's something i definitely need in my life yeah yeah um well i don't want to dismiss what you're saying there but uh I need horror movies in my life, <laughs> or my life would I, not be complete. 
I completely get that. I can't imagine you without just imagining spooky. Yeah. Oh, did you, uh, I put it up on my Instagram. Did you see our Halloween tree? <clears throat> oh, uh, Sabrina showed me actually. It was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. We got some little cobwebs. We put up the Christmas tree, got the cobwebs or like the fake cobwebs, put them all over the tree and then put like little Halloween lights on it. Yeah, dude, gonna, it looked rad. She was like, Josh put up a Halloween tree. I was like, first off, didn't know you follow Josh. Second, let me fucking see that. <laughs> and it was beautiful, man. <clears throat> yeah, we're uh I'm we're gonna do more, uh, but we just gotta wait to get time and uh make sure our, all of our bills are paid before we go all out with like Halloween decoration yeah. thing. <clears throat> time. Time is the one that I need more of as well. God, yeah. Um well speaking of needing more time. Uh, well, actually, that doesn't even make any sense. All right, I watched Caveat. <laughs> uh, so Caveat is this little uh, Irish horror film that was snatched up by uh, Shudder for exclusive streaming rights. Um, and it came out, I think it was made last year and came out earlier this year uh, on Shudder. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so basically this movie right here is built around the premise of this guy who is offered uh, a, a hefty sum of money to go to this house on an island uh, and look after this this shady stranger's psychologically disturbed niece. Um, so the house is on an island. It's also fucking decrepit as shit. Like it's run down. There are like water spots all over the wall. Like there are like leaves all over the floor. It doesn't look like anyone lives there, but like someone lives there. Um, and also <laughs> he has to be strapped into a harness that is, uh, reaches almost the entirety of the house. Um, but will not go to the psychologically disturbed niece's uh, room. <clears throat> and uh, that is for her own safety. So she feels, you know, like she has somewhere to go and hide. So, uh, and so the, the premise might sound a little weird because it's like, why would someone do that? But uh, you learn later on that the, well, Okay. You actually start at the beginning of the movie. You learn that the guy has amnesia <clears throat> later on. You find out why he has amnesia, <clears throat> but, um, yeah. So this movie was recommended to me by one of our patrons, Blake. Um, and it really kind of took me by surprise. I was not expecting, uh, he had said that he thought it was very good. Uh, and I was like, okay, um, I'll check it out, you know, whatever. Um, and I watched the trailer. I was like, the trailer looks cool, but it's ultra low budget. Um, like ultra, ultra low budget. And, um, actually, hang on. Sorry. Something just popped up. Um, what is this? Okay. Sorry. I don't know what the fuck that was about. You're scared. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, 
it looked ultra low budget. I mean, it was intriguing. The trailer was, but it was still was one of the things where I was like, okay, uh, like this could go either way for me. Um, and that premise is kind of like wonky. Like, I feel like <clears throat> you could immediately be like, well, why the fuck would he do this? But once you get into the movie after like the first, like, I'd say probably 15 or 20 minutes, I feel like you kind of don't ever look back at that sort of question and be like, why the fuck would he do that sort of thing? I think it starts to layer on all of these different like kind of twists and turns that you're kind of sucked up into the story itself, which is really cool. Um, the main character uh, or the, the main actor, um, what is his name? Uh, let's see. Jonathan French is very good in this. Uh, I really enjoyed his performance. Um, and the whole movie kind of basically revolves around him. Like he's almost in every shot of the movie and he really gives it his all. He's, he's very good in this. Um, so I think that I like this movie but I'm not sure that it is necessarily very good. Um, or at least I, I would say it's, it's definitely better than malignant, but, um, but I, it was, it's not something that I think anybody will ever write home about. Um, except for maybe like it has the maybe potential to be a cult classic, but even that I think it would fall short of. Um, because there's a lot wrong with it. Uh, I, there's this little theme or maybe not theme, but like this little element that I feel like is underutilized of this like really weird, like rabbit toy that has these, it's a really cool design. It has these like fucking weird piercing eyes and it has a, uh, a, a drum that it beats randomly from time to time, but it doesn't ever tell you what the drumming is for. Like what, what it, the, the little bunny is drumming for what's causing it or anything like that. <clears throat> you know, it's possible it's possessed. I don't know. Um, but it's, I feel like it's underutilized. Like it doesn't really have a, purpose almost like it's there because it's a cool little like scare moment and like it builds tension but i'd feel like it's it, it's not utilized properly um and i feel like there are only a few jump scares here which is great but the overall like scary factor itself uh isn't all that much like it feels almost more like a uh like a survival thriller like if you ever like i don't want to say like man versus wild but like if you kind of think of like that uh because it's this man almost by himself on this island um and there are little twists and turns that happen that are like <clears throat> leave him to be like on his own and it's very is it kind of like the road? Uh, I wouldn't compare it to the road in that sense, but I can see what you're saying. Just um, the survival thrilling part. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to that extent, yeah, I, I I would definitely say it's like that. Um, but the the movie has so many really cool things going for it. Like, there's a lot of stuff near the end of the movie where the the lighting is just like excellent. Like, it really does a a, a great job of like like kind of putting you in his shoes. Like there, there's one sequence in, in particular near the end where you, it's almost completely black except for this one little circle that is on his face where the light is shining through at him. And it's really unsettling. And it's really like, uh, like really gives a sense of like apprehension and like, and like, I don't want to say horror, but like, like, uh, scaredness, I guess is the word. Um, but yeah, it, it does so much right that I kind of look past its flaws in a way. Like, I think that like, there's a lot of stuff that kind of like you could get away with like plot holes or like things that don't necessarily make sense. But I think it overall works in a way that I wasn't, expecting it to and it actually has a really nice like writing with like the theme of like dealing with your past um i i really think that it definitely hits on that and um overall it was a good time uh it's not like i said it's it's probably never even going to reach cult classic status but i had a good time with it so this being his technical directorial debut outside of shorts. Do you feel like he did a good job with everything presented? Yeah. I think where he maybe, uh, wasn't exactly the best was with the script. Uh, I, I think this was his first feature length script as well. And I feel like the script leaves a little bit to be desired, but his directorial stuff, like him behind the camera with like, lighting and blocking and like cre- like building sequences I thought was great. So while now I'm not as much interested in malignant I kind of am in this because I'm looking through some of the pictures on IMDb and it looks a little like I guess un- unsettling but also to like gritty in the yes. same way. Gritty um, is definitely the correct word for this movie. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, man. It, I mean, unsettling is the word that keeps coming to mind, especially the pictures that I'm seeing. I don't know. I'm actually kind of interested in it. Where is this at? Uh, it's on Shutter, um, which you can actually get through Amazon for like five bucks a month. I think I pay for the service itself for like six. So it's, you know, it's a dollar a month. Is that extra, the only but, place it is? Um, To my knowledge, yeah. Okay. No, it looks creepy as fuck. I might actually check it out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth people's time. But, yeah. Um, Something else that would be worth people's time. Not this. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I actually spent a good bit of time. So today, like when I was saying today was a good day, it was not only great in terms of fishing, but I was productive. Um over the coming days when I have time and I can maybe not necessarily be alone, but like maybe have Sabrina uh, take the pup somewhere, 
I'm actually planning on doing another Let's Play for YouTube for the first time in a long time. And it's going to be on the Song of Iron. So it's a game that came out this year that I've been really wanting to try and get my hands on. Huh? Is that the Viking game? Yeah, the 2D one. Or not 2D necessarily, but the like side-scrolling side one. Right. Fuck, I didn't know that that came out already. Yeah, I think it was recently, within the past month or two at the oh, most. fuck yeah, dude. That's on my wish list on Steam. Yeah, dude. No, it's out, man. Um, and he's like already putting updates out for it and everything. That's fucking sick. I, yeah, I just had to download one. So that's why I'm excited is because it came out and it's like, you know, I've not been able to do a Let's Play in a long time um, and I've not even been able to stream to Twitch, but it's like I can at least put this out and, you know, I'm going to make it hopefully better than the the old ones used to be because I have a better setup now to record all that stuff. But I'm excited, dude. This is, it's not a, an entirely long game. It'll be another game to knock off the list this year. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. And I hope it's as good as it looks, dude, because he posted to Reddit, like, I don't know, a year before this game came out. And that's the first time I saw it. And I was super excited for it. And then just out of nowhere, the other day, I saw that it was out, and I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. Holy shit, yeah. And it's only 20 bucks. It came out August 31st. Yeah. Fuck so yeah. It's not even been a month, dude. That's fucking awesome. I am really looking forward to that. Um, we'll get into this later, but I haven't had time to play fucking anything, and yeah. that is one of the ones that's at the top of my list. Yeah, same, man. Like, this week has been pretty awful to where I couldn't even play Persona that much. Um, but this, just like I said, if I can just have a, a day or two, like, this is not a long game from what I hear, so I can sit down and finish it and just enjoy it, dude, because it looks really good. Yeah, for for fucking sure, man. <coughs> oh, excuse so me. So also coming, if it's not only coming to my channel, we can throw it on the Hunting Pixels channel or Culture Bop, whatever. Hell yeah. We'll, we'll fucking do content content yes content <laughs> uh all right let's talk about my last movie and we nudity. can get into n- nudity is the name of this one <laughs> um yeah so i watched a movie called censor uh this is another uh i i believe this one is irish as well i could be wrong it's definitely from the uk uh, and it's from a Welsh director, I think. E- either she's Irish and the movie was made in, in Wales or it was made in Ireland and she's Welsh. I don't remember what. Uh, anyway, um, and it is about this. It, it's more or less about the, the video nasties panic of the 80s where basically the UK and large swaths of Europe and uh, even in the US, there were these outcries about these ultra-violent films and what they were doing to the kids and blah, blah, blah. Um, It was a lot worse in the UK and in Europe where films were getting cut all to hell or even outright banned. And I don't think that that was ever the case in the US. I don't think there was ever a movie that was outright banned. Um... But yeah, it basically follows this woman around uh, who works for the censoring bureau and she is working on one movie in particular that kind of triggers memories in her of this 
um, this traumatic event that happened to her uh, when she was younger. And it then becomes a sort of, uh, I don't want to say detective thing, but like a, like a sort of mystery for her that she's trying to find the answers to. Um, so I kind of fucking love this movie. Um, it is the, uh, debut of, uh, her name is, uh, God, I hope I don't fucking butcher this Prano Bailey Bond. Um, and it really kind of does uh, like a lot of really awesome visual things. I think that the story is it's good and I I think that it hits on some really relevant themes for now like like modern day but I I think that where this movie really really thrives is in its visuals. It is really fucking stunning to look at and there are these sequences especially near the end with like these really vibrant like pops of color and like even not like uh i know i said it with like malignant like there was like these neon reds and blues and those those happen in here too but like even just more like i feel like the movie during like the uh, i I don't want to ruin anything but like the quote unquote normal parts kind of features like this kind of dreary rain soaked UK, uh, which is kind of, you know what we always recognize the UK for. It's always raining in, in England or whatever. And, uh, even in those sequences, the colors aren't grayed out and washed out like fucking movies all over the fucking place. Uh, and it even goes into the, like, I don't, I don't want to say character design, but like the looks of the characters, like each character is very like unique and purposeful in the way that they look. And it's full of all these really awesome visual things. And it, in a weird way, kind of feels almost like a, what if you took a fairy tale? Like, like uh, uh, this is going to sound weird, but what if you took like a, 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 a fairy tale, like a Disney fairy tale, and then kind of like just made it weird. So I guess in a way it's kind of like a, a brother's grim fairy tale sort of thing, but like it works. And it's something that I don't know that I have never, ugh. I don't know if it's something that I have necessarily ever seen. At least I haven't seen it recently. Right. Um, And there are really like a bunch of just really standout moments in that. Uh, But yeah, the movie itself has a, really great performance from the main uh, actress. Her name is uh, Neve Algar. I, I believe that's how you say her last name. Um, who was actually in the, uh, the HBO series raised by wolves. Um, 
I haven't seen that yet, but uh, I have seen her in it. Um, and then it also has another well-known actor who I have seen in a ton of things, but the one thing that always comes to mind is he was in uh, the very memorable episode of Black Mirror known as uh, White Bear. Um, and yeah, it's full of like these really great character actors that do really fucking great jobs. Um, and really what the movie kind of gets into is getting into this idea of, I want to say like, you can't cut out the bad if that makes sense. Like the whole idea behind the idea of the video nasty era and everything that like the UK and Europe and the U S were doing during the moral panic where like they were trying to cut out the quote unquote bad parts of society, uh, you know, for the children or whatever. I think that this movie is really trying to say, and I think that it does it really quite well is that you can't cut out those bad parts of society. Those bad parts of society will always be there. And most of the time, the bad parts of society are perpetuated by the people who are telling you that we should cut out the bad parts of society. Um, and I really think that this movie fucking works because of that. I really think that it is like, a movie that if you took the works of like David Cronenberg from like his time where he was making Canadian films in the seventies with shit like the brood or rabid or, um, I forget the the other movie that he did before he became like a, a big fucking deal in America. Uh, but like if you were to take his work uh, from that time period and make him make a fairy tale movie and, have it talk about, you know, what censorship does and how like repression of the bad of society is actually a bad thing. Then you get this movie. And I think that this movie is fucking great. Um, it has some, a, a few problems with it. I feel like, the sound mix isn't great. Like I feel like everyone speaks really low in it. Um, and maybe that's just like how I watched it. Like maybe, maybe that's not actually how the movie was, but, uh, I think that there are also some things near the end that don't quite work, but overall, this is so so far this year, one of my favorite movies of the year, I, I really fucking loved this movie. Um, I think that it, this is one of those movies that definitely could be considered a cult classic in probably another like 20 or 30 years. But I think that it's good enough to be considered an all time classic. Uh, if we look that way in, like I said, 20 or 30 years, it's fucking great. I really, really loved it. It, looks again just weird to me but not in not in a bad way it's just something i'm not accustomed to like i was reading about it through there and just some of the reviews and stuff like saying how it's a great step for british humor 
and stuff like that. And even like going as far as to call it elegant in its own way, like it's interesting. It's, it's, it's not something that I'm accustomed to seeing and maybe that's because it's British horror, but it looks kind of cool. Yeah. This one is one that I think is totally worth people's time. Um, and yeah, it, uh, huh. I, yeah, I've said, <laughs> <clears throat> go ahead. Um, ask me about fishing again. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so you fish today, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, so as is clearly evidenced here on this very show by our opening segment, uh, we like more than just video games. I'm the big movie guy, especially horror as this episode has no doubt spelled out for you. Uh, the anime king himself, Austin, is not here with us today, but if you haven't gathered his love of anime from this show, then maybe you haven't paid enough attention. Uh, you know, finally we have Dylan, who loves nature and fishing and absolutely nothing else. Oh. Um, which is totally untrue because he is also a fan of certain media, including, well, not including, but especially Star Wars and, uh, as I learned, The Shining. Yes. Uh, so why am I telling you all of this? Well, it's because as we've talked about seemingly a lot over the past year, gaming and other forms of media have been cross pollinating for a while now. So we thought it might be fun to take a look at some of our favorite properties in media and see if they could work as games. And that, dear listeners, is what we plan to do for you today. This is fun. Yeah. So this was your topic idea, and I loved it immediately. So um, why don't you go ahead and start us out? Look, give me give me a media property you love that uh, <clears throat> you think is so, a good game. I think I'm very fortunate in this regard because a lot of the media properties that I do love already have franchises established and they're kind of good. Spider-Man is a huge one. Like it was a comic movie. Now it's a video game and it's a fantastic video game. Um, And yeah, we've had iterations come before that, but the newest one, I mean, it's, it's leagues above anything we've ever gotten. And beyond that, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan as well. And hopefully this coming year, 2022, when we see, again, hopefully, Hogwarts Legacy release, that's another media franchise that I hope to just be able to invest myself in. And that exists for a lot of things. And even even some of the ga- or media franchises like Game of Thrones or Avatar The Last Airbender, they've had games come out, but they've kind of failed really hard. Um, but something like those are all huge things that I've been a fan of or have been in the fandoms of. Um, but one I don't really talk about is Doctor Who. Oh, uh, this is something that it's a universe that I love, but I've only been a part of it, like in and out. Um, I, I can't. Uh, profess to having watched all the original series because that would be untrue. I haven't. I've watched um, most of the ninth Doctor's run as well as the 10th and the 11th Matt Smith. He's actually my favorite Doctor. Weirdly enough, I know a lot of people um, would not agree with that. Um, And I watched some of Peter Capaldi's Doctor and I've watched none of the new one. Um, But it's every time that I do watch the 
series, wherever I'm at, I fall in love with it. It's just a world that we don't really get to experience a lot, you know, but it has this huge following. Everyone, you know, knows what the TARDIS is. Even Sabrina, who's never seen an episode, knows what the TARDIS is. Um, so if I could ex- expand this world of Doctor Who into a video game franchise, I would actually want to set this up as more of an adventure thriller leaning into almost horror. If it not truly, but with elements of there. And in my view, this would begin in the phase of the doctor's regeneration. So we don't really know what came before or even what lineage of the doctor we are. And ideally, I would want this to be like a customizable experience as well. So like no one feels left out. So essentially, you would get to create your own doctor. And ultimately, your goal is to figure out what killed the past you, what killed the past doctor and why it even let you regenerate in the first place. And this leads us on a harrowing adventure, seeing multiple kinds of enemies. And that's where this game shines. I told you that I wanted this to be more of an adventure thriller leading into horror. The doctor has some of the most terrifying enemies that exist in media to me. Um, Yeah. What's the the one with the angels? So that's the number one for me. The weeping angels are the scariest thing in Doctor Who to me personally. These are things that can travel in like a quantum second or something if you take your eyes off of them completely and they're these you know they're they're stone statues and depictions of angels essentially and they're just entirely i mean i can't say it enough terrifying like even a picture taken of a weeping angel if you make eye contact with it can become a weeping angel and they can travel at an infinite rate almost. And it's, if they touch you, they can take your life energy and send you back. And just, it's, it's terrible. I mean, there's some of the scariest things I've ever, um, encountered in, in terms of media myself. So beyond that, there's stuff like the silence, which came to be with Matt Smith's doctor. And Mm -hmm. that one itself was a presence, um, that literally makes you, forget every time you look away, like you see the silence and then you look away and you forget that it was ever there or, you, or that it exists and how they find out about it initially. in Matt Smith's run as the doctor was that they would put a tally mark on their skin every time they saw one, like they would make direct eye contact. They would take a, a marker and they would put a tally on their skin. So then they'd start doing this. And then once they looked away, there's a tally and then another, and then it keeps happening. And finally they look back and they're covered. Like there's tons of them. And this is a creature that looks in itself ghostly and it's wearing like a suit. And it's just, it's a grit. It, I, it gives me nightmares to think about it. It's very alien in its appearance. So that being another one, like leading uh, along this route um, and finally ending with stuff like, I'm not saying ending as in these are the only three enemies, but just to give depictions of what the Doctor Universe has to offer, it's like the Midnight Entity um, from David Tennant's run. We never even see what the Entity looks like, but it's just, 
it's like just a harrowing presence to be around because it, it can possess people. And as it's possessing people, it's, it's learning our ways and mimicking people on a dime. Like it's like as the second, like whoever it's in a room with starts to speak, it's saying the same thing. Like it's this, just imagine this ghostly presence that you can't see and you have no idea who it's possessed. And the doctor is not Star Wars sci-fi. It's not Star Trek sci-fi. It's something entirely different. And it can be a little scary. So all of that said, this would ultimately, you know, culminate down to you getting to travel different worlds, whether it be Earth or places that we can only dream of. That's kind of the goal. And you're going on this story to figure out what happened to you and why you were allowed to regenerate, you know, that whole process. And you're, of course, like solving puzzles and stuff by using the sonic screwdriver. Um, and you're, you know, picking up a companion along the way somewhere. You know, all the basic stuff that the doctor, you know, and love about him. And you're using the TARDIS and everything like that. Like, that's your hub from traveling to different worlds. And you're ultimately, you know, guiding yourself on the way to figuring out the story of who you were and developing into the doctor that you personally want to become. Nice. I, that's not something I was expecting coming from you. <laughs> I know it's like, it's not, it's something I don't really get to talk about, but when I, this is kind of what stemmed it. Like I just saw it the other day and I was like, man, I, I just want to dive into a world like that. And it could be something outside of the realm of what I just said. It can be fun and colorful and vibrant, whatever, but it's just a world that I feel like we don't really get a hands-on experience with. Yeah. That, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, so did you think that, uh, would you, would you have, um, the, you know, have the doctors have companions or whatever, would you have those be carryovers from like the show or would they be completely new characters as well? Yeah. So I really want them to uh, run with an original story. I want to see new companions that I pick up along the way. And so something I thought about, and I don't know how well it could work, but like you could like you could pick up different companions. Like it does, you don't have to pick up the first one that you come across. You can pick up the second one and develop that kind of relationship. So I don't know, like it, there's a lot of different routes that it can go. Um, I definitely want them to be original characters. I don't want to, as much as I love everyone that came before, I just want to see something new. Nice. Okay. Uh, and another thing I was going to ask, uh, I'm, I've never really gotten into Doctor Who. I've tried and it was never something that I could like just I don't know. It felt cheesy to me. And I know that like a lot of people tell me like when I say, Oh yeah, it's cheesy. I don't like it. They're like, well, that's kind of like the charm of it. And I think that's cool, I guess. But like, I also, I don't know. Like I don't necessarily like uh smarmy sci-fi. So yeah. Did you ever watch Buffy the vampire slayer? Yeah. I actually really like Buffy. It's that to me, like that's the same kind of level to me. Like I, it's, uh, kind of not perpendicular, but parallel. Like they travel along the same line. Like it's not Buffy's not really cheesy, but to some people it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, so I guess my question was, I like, even though I have limited knowledge of it, I understand that it kind of happens in a sort of episodic nature. Like there are overarching storylines throughout the season, but most episode from 
like episode to episode is more of a like episodic thing. So would you have like missions that kind of play out like that in the game where it's like you're each mission is its own story that kind of has like sprinkles of the main story throughout? You know, that's not even something I thought of, but could also play out. Because when I was thinking of it, it was going to be a linear thing. And you're right. Doctor Who is very much, it has, you know, or the, the stories that progress over time. But it is, like you said, an episodic adventure, more or less. So that's, re- that's a really cool um, outlet that I, I didn't think about. Because when I was thinking of it, I was thinking of like a, you know, a 25 to 40 hour game that's a linear path. And you can get there through... Uh, like I said, like there's hub worlds and stuff that you could go to. Um, you, you would use the TARDIS to get there to and from, and the worlds are what they are. Kind of like imagine Ratchet and Clank. The worlds are what they are. Um, but I don't know, man. Now that you're saying it like that, it could be episodic in that each world is its own thing, but there is an overarching element to each of them, like picking up clues. And I don't know. That's fucking fantastic. And I hate it because this is never going to be a thing, but... <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um there there's a lot of possibilities I guess for what it could be, but I like that idea. Yeah. Uh I just figured I would throw it out there. Um but yeah, that dude I'm not a big uh big fan of Doctor Who, but that sounds fucking cool. Yeah, I mean there was so you want to do honorable mention after or you want me to do it now uh yeah we'll do it after okay all right we'll go ahead (laughs) yeah uh so i spent a lot of time thinking about this and i wasn't sure what i wanted to do um because i feel like a lot of my favorite things wouldn't necessarily work um as video games, if that makes sense. Like my favorite movie of all time is fucking eternal sunshine, the spotless mind. I don't know how the Uh, fuck that would work as a video game. Like, I I suppose you could do something kind of like psychonauts, uh, where like you kind of go around, uh, individual people's heads and erase their memories that way. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm not, I really don't know. Um, but yeah, so, the first thing that I finally kind of like was like, I think this is probably the thing I wanted to do was uh cowboy bebop. Oh so, shit. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And, and it was, it was one that actually came to me a little bit later. I, I was thinking about it uh, either yesterday or the day before. Um, but yeah, so this really, I think I, it could work in multiple ways, but I kind of see it playing out as something similar to uh, Destiny or um, like an MMO where you don't play as any of the main cast of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, you actually create your own bounty hunter. And uh, you have a little hub that you uh, kind of, uh, in a mass effect sort of way, uh, you have a ship and that's your main hub. And then you can go around to different worlds. Um, uh, like I said, a la like destiny or, or some sort of like MMO and you go on 
missions that would uh, be like bounties, right? Um, and you can replay these bounties again in in a similar way to how Destiny or MMOs work. And uh, I figured that what you would do is instead of having predefined characters, you would probably create your own. Um, but I can see the purpose of being able to tell a story, uh, like an overarching story by having people limited to the, uh, characters that the developer would want to make. But ultimately it would be, uh, a sort of first person shooter, uh, type thing where you have these individual missions that all have like their own sort of storylines around them. Uh, so like you would have like a quote unquote mission would be a bounty and you could take it on in any way that you see fit similar to something like, uh, like a, like a dishonored where you can go in and you can take the, the person out or you can, um, go in and you can, uh, like shoot them dead or, or what have you. Like you can go about it any number of different ways that you want to go about it. But ultimately you are in a crunch against other bounty hunters who would be doing the same thing. Um, that's the only thing that I really didn't work out in my head about how that would work because I would assume that you have like a limited number of bounties in the game because creating an infinite amount would be like, uh, it would be ultimately very hard to do if you're doing it with multiplayer in mind. Um, but uh, like maybe you don't even do that. Maybe, maybe it is where you just play the missions and you play out the, uh, the, you know, the bounties, how you see fit. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought that part through yet, but that would be, you know, one aspect of the game. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's basically it. You're a bounty hunter. You have to go on the, the individual bounties and then there could be a potential story, single player story. If you wanted to play like that in a similar way that destiny or the division or MMOs operate. So that, that was the idea that I had. So if this is a destiny like game, um, destiny. So I had a, it had a story that it delivered, um, in both destiny one and destiny two, but ultimately the game was expanded by the multiple, especially destiny two, the multiple DLCs that it brought to the table. So that being said, is that something that you would want to see your game do is like, this would be kind of the new hub for the bebop uh franchise and like do you, would you want to see dlc progressing the story and world of cowboy bebop itself i think so yeah uh because i mean so here's the thing uh and this is something that i really hope that the fucking tv show or the the netflix show doesn't do is cowboy bebop it is about spike and Faye and jet like it, it is about those people but I think the themes that the, that the anime tells are not about them specifically. And I think that their stories in the anime are done. You don't need to add anything else to them. And so I kind of 
don't want this Netflix show or in theory, my game to be a retelling of those events or try to add on additional stuff that like doesn't make sense because what's there in the anime is perfect. And I think that the, the major theme that I got from Cowboy Bebop is kind of about loneliness uh, and and kind of finding your place in the world while dealing with your own demons. And I feel like that is rife for adding story to maybe not necessarily created characters, but like you could add more stories in that world. Like if you go back and you watch the anime, it's not just Spike and Jet and Faye and Ed that are dealing with their past. It's everyone that they meet. Like there's one episode uh, in particular that uh, I forget the name of the, I forget the name of it, but basically it's this this kid who's trying to do something for his dying sister. And like, he's trying to reckon with the fact that he, I think owed some people money. I, I, I'm, I'm relatively certain that that's what it was. And so he goes to spike for help or whatever. And by the end of it, he ends up being like, he dies, but he's able to take care of his sister. Uh, and, but the reason that he dies is because he has to reckon with his past, which was the whole thing about him, like owing money to someone and, and blah, blah, blah. Or heavy metal queen has this woman who, uh, she's a freight, uh, I guess ship, I guess is what you would say. Freight ship operator. And her whole thing, like her entire story is about the fact that, uh, her husband died and she's still trying to kind of like get over that. And like every single one of the characters that you meet in Cowboy Bebop to a certain extent has that sort of like dealing with your past and also feeling incredibly lonely um, and I think that you could, in this game, add lots of stories like that to the game. Does that make sense? It does. And ultimately, that all led me to another question. And I hate to put you on the spot like this, but it's like that takes a lot of work. Both of what we said takes a lot of work so i have to put you on the spot if you could choose one dev to do this who is it oh probably bungie uh, wow uh, like if so uh, when i thought of the whole concept like i don't i think bungie really gets a bad rap for the fact that they've done really two successful games or game franchises in Destiny and Halo, but they, people like to rag on Bungie because they don't do enough to like make their stuff feel different. I feel like, like everyone kind of talks about how, 
like each new season of uh, Bungie or not Bungie of Destiny. Bungie is kind of just doing the same thing and retooling it and making stupid decisions along the way. And I look at Bungie and think of them as like really great master game designers. Nobody makes a shooter that's as fun as Destiny. At least not in that same space. I, th- I think you could probably make the case for Call of Duty because Gal- Call of Duty just has really, really fucking great gunplay. It really does. But, like, from a minute-to-minute perspective, I think that Bungie fucking murders the gameplay department. Uh, I think that they lack a little bit in their storytelling department. Um, but I've heard recently that the last couple of seasons of Destiny have had really, really fucking great stories to them. So that leads me to believe that they could tell this sort of story. Um, and I can't think of another person in this space that could do the same sorts of things that they are doing. Maybe, maybe Massive, uh, who is the developer behind... Uh, the division, but, um, I, I, I failed to see anybody else who could do the game justice the way that Bungie could. Yeah. That was not even on my, I just, I don't know why it just went right over my head. I didn't even think of Bungie, but I would love to see their take on a world. So I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. It is on my list, um, mostly because of you. Um, but it's on the list. But I know what it is, and I would love to see their take on that, the, the you know, kind of art style and everything they'd go for. That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, it's it was hard for me to, like, sit down and try to, like, write my ideas and not just, like, straight up rip, it off, rip off Destiny. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a cool concept, too. Um, I don't know, man. For me, fuck. I think if I had to put it to a single developer i'm actually for mine it's going ninja theory oh fuck that's awesome dude i think just because of the cerebral experience they brought with hell hellblade i think they could deliver the same thing that i'm looking for from my more thriller based doctor who uh series i think they could really you know do it the best yeah that would be fucking awesome i would watch that i would definitely you would play that play that I don't know why I said watch. I don't know. Yeah. My game's not a cinematic. Um, are you sure? No, yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. Uh well go ahead and, and give me your honorable mention. So, dude, it's fucking hilarious. You put it right in the goddamn main topic description. It's the shining. Oh shit, really? Yes, like that would be I we've t- you and I I don't think it ever made it into the, you know, what horror game we would do a podcast, but you and I have talked about my desire for wanting, wanting to create The Shining as a video game. Just put us into the Overlook Hotel and give us another story. I mean, it was, it's one of my dreams, dude. Um, I feel like it's, I don't know why I went horror for both of mine. <laughs> I don't, I really don't. Um, but no, dude, I, I love that book. I love the movie. Um, I love the history of the hotel, both inside of the real world and inside of the fictional world, you know, um, 
I don't know. That was just it. I, and then I was reading through the main topic shit and I was like, how did he pick the shot? Like that was the one thing that I really wanted. Um, another one that almost made it in and I'm, I know it's another one, but I, I didn't put it on the list. It was Alita battle angel, but then I was like, that's fucking cyberpunk. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, man. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I wouldn't have guessed the shining either. That's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. And I, again, I don't know why I went horror out of all things. Like I hardly ever play horror games themselves, but I don't know, dude, I, I love, I, I love me some spooky Doctor Who and I love me some Jack Nicholson giving me the Kubrick effect right into my face. Hell yeah. I love that shit too. Uh, All right. So let's hear it. Honorable mention. It's it's funny that you went horror because I did not go horror at all. <laughs> oh, shit. All <laughs> right. So my second one was uh, in a similar vein to my first one. Um, I would like to see... It's also actually kind of funny because there's a, a new movie coming out. Um, I would like to see something set in the world of The Sopranos. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, did you say there's a new what coming out? There's a prequel movie for The Sopranos coming out very soon. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's going to be on HBO Max. It's called The Mini Saints of Newark, and I am fucking stoked, dude. That's the, sick, man. The Sopranos is one of my favorite uh, TV series. It it uh it's it's so fucking good um but uh yeah i i really think that something like the sopranos could work in much the way that like a gta game works uh where you have like a single player story that you can focus all your time and energy on but you could also do stupid mundane tasks like going to go see your therapist or like going to go get groceries or, or, you know, something like that. Like it could almost be like an open world RPG sort of thing. If you, if you wanted it to be. So it's like, it combines GTA and persona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That's so fucking sick, dude. Um, and, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be set with like you playing as Tony or even like one of his, uh, henchmen or anything like that. You could potentially just be, like maybe a new recruit to, to their, uh, to their mob or, or something, you know, something like that. And it's up to you to like, kind of go through the story and, and, and kind of live your life as you see fit sort of thing. Um, but I think that that could be really cool, especially if it is designed in a way that like you said, like if you mix like the, like the social elements of persona in with like, gta style gameplay i think that could be really fucking cool that is fucking cool man that's an awesome pick um i i gotta say if austin was here do you would you agree that he would have said evangelion oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i don't even know that that's a question to be honest with you that oh my god like I almost had he been on here, I would have uh, like not even half expected. I would have like 100% expected to like maybe see in the outline somewhere Evangelion or some, some shit. I would have been shocked if he did something outside of anime. I don't think that he would have. Yeah. I don't think he would have either. Um, oh my God. You, you know, now that you mentioned, well, now that I've said that neither of mine were horror, uh, I tried really hard 
to figure out a way that I would make a Halloween game, but I could just never, I, I just could not wrap my yeah. head around it. That's, that would be pretty fun though. Like you're talking like truly with Michael and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you see them doing a similar, I was going to say something like Friday the 13th, but not really. Yeah. I mean, you could potentially do that instead of having like a camp you have, you know, a neighborhood or something like that. And Michael's patrolling. But the, the thing about Halloween is I feel like it's a lot more grounded than, um, Friday the 13th, because I feel like Friday the 13th, I, I, it's stupid to say that because, you know, Michael Myers doesn't fucking die in those movies. Right. But at the same time, Jason, like, is like at certain points throughout the series, he's like a fucking zombie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. so like, it, I feel like Halloween is just slightly more grounded than Friday. And I feel like making him have the same sort of powers that the Jason killers do in the Friday, the 13th game wouldn't necessarily work. Um, I gotcha. So that's still cool though. Yeah, I, I would I mean, love to have something like that. Like, maybe you could do something like Alien Isolation where... Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, where he's like the unkillable like machine that's like constantly stalking you and that sort of Holy thing. Holy fucking, you have to hide and shit? God damn, dude. Sign this man up. You need to make <laughs> this shit. But I, even that I feel like would be kind of hard because what would your objective be as the protagonist? Dude, I mean, fuck. Do we put Lori in there and we're just playing through like alien isolation style? Is that? Oh my God. (laughs) I need this game. I I mean, I would play it. I'm not saying it'd be very good, but I'd play it. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Well, you know what you can play that has both of them in there? Uh, Oh, look at you. Look at that transition. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, (laughs) God. Uh, Yeah. So when I wrote the outline, um, all right. So this is what I was saying that I I would talk about later. Uh, I have been doing almost nothing but working on this fucking video that I have been claiming is coming soon for like months at this point. (laughs) Um, I promise though, (laughs) for real, it's coming very soon. I, I think within the next two weeks, I really wanted to get it out by the, end of the month but uh it's a lot of work is has gone into this so um yeah with that said the only thing that i've really been playing because it's sitting here on my pc and i have time to do it between like renders or like i can have like a quick match while i'm at work or something like that is um dead by daylight uh, and I wanted to bring this back up is, you know, my, whatever I call it, my monthly dead by daylight check-in. <laughs> uh, uh, I wanted to talk about it specifically for two reasons. Uh, one, the, um, the new season is coming to a close and I've had a lot of fun with this season. Uh, the stories that they're adding with the, uh, with the rift uh, or like the, um, the kind of like little like audio logs that come with um, the rift when you unlock certain uh, achievements or, well, I wouldn't call them achievements, but certain like milestones within the rift um, have been really cool and interesting and have given insight to characters that like I 
didn't really care for before, um, like Jake and the, and um, the clown. But also here towards the end, I, f- I forget who it was. Maybe it was the Huntress. Um, I forget who it was. But like uh, I was getting more insight into uh, other characters. And I was like, this is fucking cool. But the real reason that I wanted to bring it up is because uh, Hellraiser is now, or not Hellraiser, Pinhead uh, is now a playable killer. And, um, damn, dude. Oh, dude, tell me, what's his in-game name? Uh, His in-game name, because everybody has like the generic ones or whatever. Right. uh, His is the Cenobite, which is fucking Oh, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have not played as him yet, but I have seen gameplay of him being played and I cannot wait to do so. Uh, shit just looks fucking rad, dude. Like his animations are really fucking cool and unique. Like a lot of the other killers, like when they go to, um, like kick a generator or like you know, break a pallet or, you know, whatever. It's usually them either kicking it or hitting it with like their arm and weapon sort of thing. And that is not the case with him at all. He actually has his little like hooks come out of the sky and like hook onto the generator and like pull it apart or like, Oh shit. The same thing happens with the, with the pallets where it'll hook into the pallet and just make the pallet like collapse in the middle. It's really fucking cool. Um, his power is really cool too. Uh, from what I can tell, basically you have this little like chain thing that like you, you have a radius around you that it'll go out to like a certain amount of, uh, meters. And once you decide where it's going to be placed, it goes into like a first person view where the chain will go and um, like you control the chain. And if there are people around you, the chain will fucking like hook into them and they'll be slowed down for a certain amount of time. What the fuck? Uh, Not on not only that, but he has a passive ability where he has his little box um, that just spawns randomly around the map and. Uh, the survivors have to find the box and they have to solve the, the puzzle before a certain amount of time is up. Otherwise hooks start spawning all over the place and they will slow the survivors down. They what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and, um, if you actually find the box before a survivor picks it up at all, every single one of the survivors is hooked by three hooks and they all let out a scream. So, you know, all of their locations, they're all slowed down. It's really fucking rad. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's I, worse than fucking for on the survivor side. That's worse than having to go find the goddamn alarm clock when you're playing against Freddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. dude. Holy shit. It, it really fucking slows the game down for the killers, which is awesome because if you get in a game with like a bunch of gin rushing bastards, uh, they'll fuck you up real quick by just like focusing on generators. Um, so as, as a killer, it really fucking does a lot. Like it's really fucking cool. Um, but I haven't played as him, so I, I don't hundred percent know 
like, you know, how it actually works in gameplay. So I need to get on that. But I can tell you as a survivor, it is fucking horrifying. Like he can, I forgot to say this. He can also teleport to you. If you have the box in your hand and you're solving it, he has the option of teleporting to wherever you are. So, Oh yeah. (laughs) So he can fuck you up. Um, so with that said, as a survivor, he can potentially be at you anywhere in the map uh, in a manner of seconds uh, if you're the one either near the box or solving the box itself. Um, but also, I don't know that people still understand how to play against him. And it gets really frustrating because I'll be doing stuff like going for, you know, unhooking over survivors or going for gins, or I'll even be the person looping or, or not looping, but like having him chase me and I'm trying to, you know, like waste his time more or less. And people will like just not go and find the fucking box to stop the chains from spawning. And it gets really fucking frustrating because I know what it does. He's been <laughs> like, he's been out for two weeks. So like everyone should know what is happening, but apparently people fucking don't. And it gets really fucking frustrating. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, my little DVD update. Uh, the game's still fun as fuck. Go play it, dude. I, so I told you that, First off, I've been dying to play Dead by Daylight again. Um, but also, that was some of the more fun that I had when I was actually recording YouTube videos. So it kind of goes hand in hand. If I can just get in the process of doing this shit again, I'm looking forward to it. I have not played since those last videos I uploaded, I think. I have not played since the HUD updated. Um, it's been a long time, and now I'm dying to play it again. So this is going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of new shit for me to experience is kind of like a first impression on coming back and now that this bullshit is in the game that's gonna be a lot of fun hell yeah dude i would i would gladly play with you yes i'm ready um well go ahead and uh become austin and tell me about persona what oh shit i forgot i had that on there um oops oops (laughs) this was unprepared uh I have unfortunately kind of been in the same boat as you, uh, but on the work side, it's just been critical this week. We've been going through a lot um, and just some other personal shit, but the time that I have played, I've continued to invest it into Persona 5 Royal, and I, I've i just gotten to the point where I'm going you know, to try to infiltrate Madarame's uh, palace, and I think I remember Austin saying that he... I don't know if he said that he hated Madarame just as much or more as um, Kamoshida, but I struggled to see that for a while. Like, yeah, the stuff that he was doing was uh, kind of vile. It was. It wasn't sexual abuse, so I, I didn't really see where that was coming from. But the more that it started to flesh out, the worse it got. And I'll say that it's not as bad as the sexual abuse and stuff like that. But again, this man drove someone to commit suicide for the abuse that he, um, did cause this person. So the more, and first off, 
I will be honest, this game threw me a curveball. I did not expect Yusuke to join my team. I had no idea that was coming. I really, like, he, he kind of seemed weird um, and that he might be way too protective of Madarame. I didn't anticipate, he. I, did, I don't know, I was ignorant. And when he did, it was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, like, so the more I learned about Madarame, the more I was like, this dude is kind of what Austin was saying. It's, he's a trash bag um, and disgusting in his own right. But again, like I haven't really gotten to spend too much more time with it. I think I'm halfway through the palace. If I remember, um, hopefully by next week's podcast, I'll have beaten much more than this. I need time. I have the weekend off, um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still thoroughly enjoying it, dude. I haven't gotten to do too much like social shit because the game is progressing itself um, during this palace pretty well. But um, I, I'm excited to kind of get more into the social side. I really enjoyed like trying to build the connections outside in the world a little bit, like with the doctor or uh, the, the psychologist. Um, that was a lot of fun. And like batting cages and shit are so cool. Like that's fucking, I go there as, as long as I could, you know, a few times a week at night because I just like hitting the balls, dude. Like I don't even, I don't know why it's so fun. I, honestly, I shit you not, Josh. It almost made me buy an MLB game. because i was having so much fun with it it was bad i told sabrina i was like i gotta stop dude you got game pass though i is it on game pass yeah the newest one's on game pass oh shit damn it josh all right i didn't know that um so that might be happening that might be what i'm talking about next week is mlb whatever the fuck (laughs) uh but no dude I'm, i'm having so much fun with it i didn't expect to have as much fun as i'm having with it but it's it's just something else. Like, I can't wait to finish it and be able to do that spoiler cast with either Austin or both of you. I don't know, dude. It's it's amazing. Hell yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think you'll probably be doing it with just Austin because um, I haven't played Rail. Oh, okay. You just played Persona 5. Yeah. I need to get to, I, to Royal, but um, it's... Uh, it's in my backlog because of so many other fucking yeah. games. <laughs> and then Kenna yeah, just came out. Just came out today, right? Or yes, and then yesterday. it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. But then like Song of Iron, Dead by Daylight, Kenna. Um, this is just the start of the fucking end, essentially. It's fourth quarter. It's happening. First day of fall, I think. Maybe that's what Sabrina told me. She doesn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know if it is or not. Um yeah, I don't know, dude. I think uh, I think Unmetal, that uh, kind of like Metal Gear, oh, almost knocked yeah. off, is that comes out? out uh, comes out on the twenty eighth. So that's another one. Holy shit, man! This is this is what I'm telling you. It's the end is nigh. Yeah, <laughs> December's yeah. right around the corner. Pokemon's gonna come out soon. That's gonna ruin my life. Yep. Yep. There's still games that have come out recently, like Greek um, Memories yeah. of Zor. I didn't get to fucking buy it yet, but it's out. White Shadows comes out sometime soon. Yeah, so, I, I mean, pff, fuck. It's, it's, it's a good rest of the year, but shit, I don't have time to play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there fucking with you. And if I continue to make videos throughout the rest of the year... Um, yep. Goodbye. Free time. Yep. Goodbye. Free time. We'll see. Same for me. I wish I had like a really nice can't. Never mind. We're not going to, we're doing great. We're on topic. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, yeah. Well, that 
brings us to our picks of the week. Um, and this is something that I don't normally do. I know Austin has done it in the past. Um, I, yeah, I don't like necessarily putting out pieces of media because I would like to, um, talk about them more in, in depth. Uh, but my, my pick of the week is, uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Uh, this is a Netflix, uh, show. It's a sketch comedy show and I'll be damned if it's not one of the funniest fucking shows I've ever watched in my life. Um, I sent in the discord the other day, uh, a clip of it where it's basically just him standing in front of a camera and he's talking about corn cob TV and he's kind of like the, the runner of it or something like that. Um, and he's like, yeah, these people are getting rid of corn cob TV. You should tell them no. And it just kind of like slowly devolves into insanity um, and then like, there's another one from this recent season where this guy, uh, he's kind of afraid, um, that a baby knows that he used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God. And he's like, he's like, the baby can sense that I used to be a piece of shit. And the thing that he's, he's like, uh, the thing that kind of like gives him away is like being a piece of shit or whatever. Like the thing that he used to do was he would go to restaurants and order things called sloppy steaks, which is just a steak cooked, dumped, and, and it like has a glass of water dumped on it. <laughs> oh my God. It's the stupidest fucking thing, but it's like these sketches are so fucking funny, dude. There's one that I remember from the first season where they're doing the, they're making fun of like the, um, uh, the, you, you know how like uh like what was it honey boo boo uh oh shit like they're kind of making fun of like child pa- pageant things yeah but it's like with like infants like like baby babies and like there's <laughs> there's this one in there uh his name is Bart Harley Jarvis and like whenever the announcer's <laughs> like and the bad boy of the competition Bart Harley Jarvis or whatever people in the crowd start booing this baby. <laughs> <laughs> one guy who oh yells from God. the crowd, he says, fuck you, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid, man. <laughs> uh, but it is, it is so worth your time. It's one of the, it's seriously one of the fucking funniest shows I've, I've watched in the last 10, 15 years. It's so, so good. Uh, go check it out. On the complete opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, I always, when I give a song at the end with, with the pick of the week or some shit, it's always the same genre. People know me for kind of the whole um, indie rock, synth pop, synth rock, whatever type of shit. Um, but I am a total hip hop head. I That's been most of my life. Um, I was talking with Tawny about it earlier in the week. Like we have a lot of the same tastes and we were talking about some of my favorite rappers like uh, Denzel Curry, Freddie Gibbs, and J.I.D. Um, this song is from none of those people. Um, it's actually from another uh, artist named Isaiah Rashad. It's a fantastic song called From the Garden. It's featuring Lil Uzi. It's fan- It's just great. Go listen to it. Um, unless you're Justin Ruiz, who only listens to classical music, then don't do it. 
I had to say his name at some point. <laughs> we went way too long. Yeah, we we did. We fuck. We made it almost to the end of the episode without mentioning him. I know, but like he gets so, you know, it just boosts his ego when he hears us like talk about him on the podcast. So there you go. Big old boost of that ego, Justin. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Well, like he goes on these Ritz ass trips to like Hawaii and I don't know what he said, like Bangladesh or some shit. I don't know what he said. <laughs> posting pictures i'm like god damn dude it's from yeah. the tops of sky rises to the whatever the hell in bangladesh and beautiful beaches in hawaii he's living the life yeah yeah he uh and and he you know he he sends those pictures unprompted he's like look at me i was in lana oh yeah or right. uh you know i was in uh where's this other one budapest yeah that's what it was it was not bangladesh yep. <laughs> it was budapest Oh, and here's another one. Uh, this is me in Lisbon, Spain. Go fuck yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> Just like no one said, send us a picture of your lavish lifestyle. Yeah, n- nobody. It was, it, just no. unprompted. He said, fuck you. I'm rich. Here's a picture yep. of me being rich. All right. I had to go fishing five minutes down the road because I can't go anywhere else. But you can just go all these fancy places. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking awful, dude. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just fucking around. Or are we? Yeah. We don't know. I hey, it's a mystery. It is a mystery. Just like Justin. <sighs> well, yeah, let's uh let's wrap this bad boy up. As always, you can find us on social media for all things culture bop, honey pixels, and the culture bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, on Facebook at Culture Bop. Actually, you know what? Cancel that. I am. Oh, shit. We're canceled. I think I'm deleting face the the Facebook. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant you were deleting Facebook. Nah, I got I got to use it to like keep up with my mom. But uh, you, you don't. Oh, OK. You don't want to give her a call or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, dude. What the fuck? I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love my mom. Um Oh, dude. But yeah, I, I think I'm gonna delete the the Facebook page just because it's it's hard enough to keep up with like Instagram, right? Yeah. Just Twitter. Instagram. And yeah, I, I've actually been posting a lot more on my Twitter recently. Yeah, you've been liking my shit. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh but the last place you can find Culture Bop is on YouTube where we are going to have some content coming soon. I promise that. Uh, we're also, actually, I'm working on, this is another thing that I'm working on because, you know, I don't have a fucking life. Um, I am working on getting us a website up where you will be able to find links to all of those, inst- uh, not all those Instagrams, but uh, all of our social media. And we will actually have uh, reviews up there. We will have uh, hubs for our videos and the podcast and all that stuff. So that'll be coming soon. Josh. Yes. Josh. All right. I need you to know that you have a life. Okay. Uh, Because you have, you have a, you have a job that not necessarily that you enjoy, but you get the work from home, which gives you time to work on your projects, such as your video. And you have a six, you, you have a podcast. That's really good. Mm-hmm. You you have a life, so don't say you don't because oh. you're doing great. Yeah, I'm fair enough. 
Uh, you, actually, hang on. Uh, I've been what? I've been telling you this. Uh, I think uh, I've been getting up at five a.m. and going to the gym. Also, so he has. That's another part. You're doing positive shit for yourself. I'm trying. That's great, man. Is Kayla going every morning with you? Yep. Uh, we didn't go this morning because uh, yesterday was a complete fucking shit show. Oh. And we didn't get home till late. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a nightmare. Um, yeah. Uh, but also today was just cardio day. So it's not like I missed Uh-oh. much. Hate that shit. Yeah. So didn't miss much. We'll be back at it tomorrow for leg day. Yay. But hey, congrats on uh, Jimmy. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Uh, this podcast, which again, I, I said it before, I'm, I'm relatively certain that uh, these will be getting taken down in order to simplify things. You can just find everything at Culture Bop. But uh, for now, Hunting Pixels is available on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. I have been posting a lot more on Twitter and I am at the Bebop Man 182. I am on Instagram at bebopman182, where I just posted a picture of our Halloween tree. Um, and you can find me on Twitch, uh, where I will eventually get back to streaming at the underscore bebopman. Dylan, this co-host that is actually here today and not abandoning us because, uh, Hello. you know, he hates us. Something about a fucking family. Like, yeah. Like, God, whatever. <laughs> uh <laughs> Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzy, where, you know, possible Let's Plays are coming. Um, possible. Possible. We'll see. Uh, and then Austin is available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Finally. If you are looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culture pop and toss us a pledge. We're offering some very cool perks that include three days early access to the podcast, two days early access to the videos. Uh, We will also be doing stuff like the ability for you to submit your topics of the show for us to, you know, actually have the discussion on air or even I've released a poll for um, the next video. I Well, not the next video, but the video after that, that I will be making um, and patrons have voted on it. So uh, we've got a bunch of cool stuff going on over there. So yeah, just uh, check it out. If you like the product that you're hearing and toss us a pledge could be worth uh your money just like it is for justin harden the taint ruis shereem khan tawny off to the netherlands sulman jeffrey jellyfish temptation scissor toe and blake graham uh shereem and blake you guys didn't get nicknames because we uh like you less I'm just kidding. I actually, if they're in the Discord, I have no fucking clue who they are. Uh, they are, well, Shereem is, but Shereem is never on the Discord, like at all. Okay. Uh, so that's totally fine. Uh, Shereem listens to this weekly, though, so I'm sure that he'll get a kick out of uh, us talking mad shit about him. Um, and Blake... Well, that's next. <laughs> Blake is the uh, is the um, the newest patron member, um... 
uh, I met him and stream through, um, through my current job actually. So, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah so. Are they in the discord? Uh, like, no, okay. Is Blake in the Discord? I already know about Shereem. Yeah, no, uh, Blake, Blake is not. Um, but I should... Okay, I well, should that's why they don't get fucking nicknames. Because <laughs> we don't know anything about you. Yeah, I have no clue. I barely know enough about Justin. It's true. It is true. Um, but yeah, that's it. That is the end of our show. Uh, it was a quick one. I'm, I'm happy with this. I am too. <laughs> All right, well, until next time... Goodbye.